O Lord, open our lips, and our mouths will declare your praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The scripture for today is Luke 1, verses 68 through 79. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word as we listen to Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming by Michael Pretorius and Blake Flatley. This traditional German hymn is here adapted with acoustic and electronic instruments. The atmospheric sounds and a folksy vocal style preserve the original tranquility of the hymn while embracing a more contemporary medium. Verses 68 through 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. 
as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. A few years back, the Pew Research Center's Internet in American Life Project conducted a study about people under the age of 35 and the effects of hyperconnectivity. They summed up their findings with what sounds like a prescription drug warning. Quote, negative effects include a need for instant gratification and loss of patience. We have become an impatient people. And this is something that we as Christians need to take seriously because the Christian life requires patience. As the theologian Sinclair Ferguson writes, the Lord has his own timetable. It is we who must learn to adjust to it and not vice versa. Waiting on God is a huge theme throughout the Bible. One scholar calls waiting on God a biblical virtue, saying that the act of waiting for God is described in various places as a picture of the whole life of faith. We are called to be patient. The question then becomes, how? And I think the answer is trust. We become a people of patience by learning how to trust. We need to trust that God is faithful and that he will follow through on his promises. And that's exactly what we see happening here in this passage. This text is a song sung by a man named Zechariah after the birth of his son, John, who had come to be known as John the Baptist. Zechariah had been awaiting the gift of a son his whole life, and now the day had finally come in his old age. Zechariah was a priest and a good one. We're told in verse 6 that he and his wife Elizabeth, also from a priestly family, were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But there's a problem. They had no children. Elizabeth was barren, and they were both, quote, advanced in years, according to verse 7. And now, finally, after years and years and years of waiting, God blessed Zechariah and Elizabeth with a baby boy. And on the day when John was born, when God's promise was fulfilled, Zechariah immediately breaks out into prophetic song, praising God for this incredible thing that he was at work bringing about. But notice what takes up the majority of Zechariah's song. It's striking that his immediate cause for praise is not the birth of John. It's not the fact that God had finally answered his and Elizabeth's personal prayer for their family. It isn't the fact that he is now going to have a legacy, someone to carry on the family name. Instead, he turns his attention to the larger thing that God was doing. His first words were, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people 
The main cause for Zechariah's rejoicing was the salvation that God was bringing to the whole world. See, despite his own difficult circumstances and his skepticism that his personal desires would be fulfilled, Zechariah trusted in the overarching work that he knew God would accomplish, the redemption of Israel, and through it, the whole world. This is what Zechariah praises God for. Zechariah's song is 12 verses long, and John isn't mentioned until nine verses in, and Zechariah only spends two verses talking about his own son. And the time that he does spend on John, it isn't focused on the great and mighty things that John himself will do. No, his hope for his son is established in John's relation to God's purposes. And so in verses 76 and 77, we read, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. John's significance, like ours, would ultimately be found in his relation to Jesus. So think for a moment. What are you waiting on the Lord for in this season? Where are you struggling with patience? Pray that the Lord would enable you to place your trust in him, knowing that despite appearances, nothing is impossible for him. Let's close now with this prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. This is another day, O Lord. I know not what it will bring forth, but make me ready, Lord, for whatever it may be. If I'm to stand up, help me to stand bravely. If I'm to sit still, help me to sit quietly. If I'm to lie low, help me to do it patiently. And if I'm to do nothing, let me do it gallantly. Make these words more than words and give me the Spirit of Jesus. Amen.